What is up, everyone? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture. Um, hope all is well with everyone listening to this podcast episode. Uh, I want to start off by apologizing. Uh, I'm supposed to put out something every week, but I haven't done that the last two weeks. Actually, two weeks ago, I put out something, but it was on YouTube. It was the interview with Joseph Solomon. Um, so if you're looking for the audio version of that, I probably won't put that out. Uh, you'd have to go to YouTube to check that out. And please, please, please subscribe, like, share, all that good stuff. You can find it at Shaping the Culture Podcast. Or if you just type in Joseph Solomon interview, that should come up. And then last week, I didn't put anything out as well. But we're back on the weekly routine of putting out podcast episodes. And so, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, today's episode is going to be with the friend. He's been on before, recently been on before. Y'all know Tech. Tech, what's good, bro? Hey, what's going on, man? I'm just trying to take my jacket off without making too much noise over here. <laughs> hey, bro, do what you got to do. Yes, sir. Uh, but yeah, so this is actually uh, the topic we're going to be talking about is something I've been thinking about a lot. I don't know. Have you been thinking about it a lot, Tag? Yeah, um, I think about it all the time. All the time. I don't think about it all the time, but yeah. I think about it a lot. The I think I started really thinking about it a month ago. I think it was January 26th when Kobe passed. I think that was the exact date, or the 27th, something like that. But that day, I remember clearly, it was a Sunday for you guys who remember. And Sunday for me are really busy days. So in the morning, I'm at the Ethiopian church with the youth group. And then after that, I go to lunch, and then I have a rally with my team, Parazim Church, where we get together, pray, uh, encourage each other, and then set up for the church plant service, which is at 5. So I'm literally at church all day. And so the news broke out um, at lunch. So I'm eating lunch on my way, or right before I go on my way to Parazim Church. And Sam was with me. And Sam, like, he, he was trying to talk, but I couldn't talk, bro. I literally went silent, and I just kept scrolling. I was like, there's no way this is true. There's right. no way this is, like, not Kobe. Yeah. And for those who know, I mean, like, Kobe's the reason why I started playing basketball. I didn't know that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Kobe's the reason why I enjoyed the game of basketball. And so he was like our Michael Jordan. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just couldn't believe that Kobe was gone and that Sunday was really hard for, I was like, it was like a very bleak Sunday, uh, very heavy. And it just, you know, you, you start to think like, man, yo, life is, is not promised, you know, like here today, gone to like, you know, Kobe was what, 40, 41 years old, yeah, like 40, 41. something yeah. like that. Yeah. I was like, yo, he had like so many years ahead of him, you know what I mean? And just like that. And then recently uh a hero in the abisha community um this is somebody i actually didn't know but i had a lot of people that i knew that were friends with him and that knew him um and yeah funny like crazy story too i found out that his dad so we're talking about caleb caleb's dad before he died in the plane crash like my mom actually told me this story today um he, his dad caleb's dad was at my mom and dad's wedding and he actually was like the photographer and what he did was like take the photos and then he like printed it put him in uh i think so okay. so i know he's like half ethiopian half british i don't know i think his mom's ethiopian his mom's ethiopian so yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Um, so yeah, I didn't know him. Um, but I just, I'm just realizing all these people, like my mom had a relationship with his dad, right. you know, which is, by the way, that's like our culture. Like, sure. yo, they Bro, be don't careful out here. <laughs> like all my friends, your cousin. For be careful, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking you. It gets crazy. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> and so, um, but he, he had that tragic car accident and for the longest people were uh, believing and praying that he would come out of it and he just never did and so again i'm forced to think about death and yesterday i I was like i heard the news yesterday and i've had like i had a headache the whole day just thinking about like yo and this is why this tripped me out he was young he was like 31 yeah 32 right he was like in his prime he was like on his way and he was doing things that were, were, were beneficial and helpful for Ethiopia. Yeah. And he was a man of faith. Yeah. And so everything he was doing was through that lens. And so what creeped me out a little bit is, you know, you, 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 you think with guys like that, they're, they're not going to die. Right. They're the good guys. Yep. They're the ones that are like pursuing Jesus, making Jesus known, making a difference. Those are one of the guys we need. Not to say Kobe wasn't one of those guys. He was doing that in his own right. But I think this is like a little bit different because he like was a Christian and this is a little a little bit more near and dear to our like community as well. But like it makes you think like because me, I'm thinking I'm good. You know, I we just started Parazim Church. You know, like this podcast just started really like picking up traction. Like we're we're gonna be all right. And it's like no, nah. like you don't know when God's mm-hmm. like. No, you've done everything I had planned for you to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that's good. Like, and to me, I was just thinking, like, yo, I can. I was paranoid yesterday, bro. Like every time I got in the car, every time I was walking, bro, I was just right outside, I was like, I saw a car drive by. Yeah. And I was like, what if I just got shot right like, now? People, yeah. Yeah. And I was just thinking to Caleb, like he just was in a car accident, yeah. and he wasn't expecting to be in a car accident, yeah. or being he was just going about his day normally. Like, yeah. And that's the thing. Nobody plans on dying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody's like, today's the day. Yeah. I'm ready. You know, I've said all Some my goodbyes do, for the most, most part. part. yeah. And so, yeah, we kind of wanted to talk about, like, death a little bit and the sting of death and how how the gospel actually takes this thing out. Um, we'll get more hopeful towards the end of the podcast. But at the end of the day, like, we still have to, like, look at the gravity of it for what it is, you know. And um, But, yeah, that's kind of been, like, and I know you and I had planned doing an episode on something different, but I, I wasn't in the mood, yo. I was like, yo, this is what's on my mind. And so, um, but yeah, like you said, you think about death all the time. Like, why is that? I, I, I kind of shared how I got to this point right now, but right. this is, I guess, not a new thing for you. This is something that's on the back of your mind. Yeah, yeah. So I was, um, when my cousin came from Ethiopia, mm-hmm. I remember being in the car with him and my brother, and I asked him, would you rather live to your 80 mm. or like and and have a life that's just regular mm. have a family a career and everything or live to your like 35 40 burnt out for a mission or a cause mm. impact the world and then die mm. and both of them were like no nah, i'd rather live till i was 80 <laughs> yeah and in my mind i was like man i've always envisioned myself going out like 45 wow why is that i don't know i just i just like I just see myself going hard for something, burning out to the fullest and going young. That's mm. just always how I see myself. You know? uh. 
And so I thought I was going to get some resonation or they were going to resign with it, I mean, or uh, reson- resonate. resonate with yeah. it. But no. And um, so it's, I've always had this thought in my mind, even like, because I don't want, you know, when you get older, mm-hmm. you can't do as much. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can become mm-hmm. like a passive person in life mm-hmm. or ineffective. Oh, yeah, all yeah. of that. And I always like, I'm like, there's. This is this sounds crazy. I'm this and it kinda sounds like a suicide mission, I'm not gonna lie. But I've always like thought to myself, let me run hard for God in ministry wherever he calls me and when I get near to the end of my life or like when I start getting older, I wanna go to some crazy part of the world where mm. it's super hostile to Christianity and go hard there. Damn. And so then if I like go there, yeah, like yeah. if I get killed there, yeah. all right, cool. And yeah. if I don't, then I'm doing it, you yeah. know, I'm killing the mission yeah. field. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I've always thought of like death has always been yeah. Dang. And and crazy part is Tracy McGrady did an interview with Kobe. Huh. Yeah, he said he wanted to that? die young. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. Yeah. 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 And so I feel like some people kind of like have a sense, they just kind of know. Mm. I feel like Kobe might have been one of those guys cuz they were saying like he probably changed his mind. Like he probably felt like mm. that when he was 18, but maybe when, he, he, when he had three kids as babies, he's probably like, "You know what? Yeah. I'm good." Yeah. But maybe that feeling he had wasn't really like by himself, but maybe it was life telling him, like, yo, this mm. is how you're going to go. Mm. That's great. I don't, I don't know. know. Hey, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That's... Catch me in Somalia <laughs> preaching the gospel. 2020, no, 2050, yeah? You heard? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's real. So let me, uh, let, let's, let's talk about death a little bit. So I think, you know, this is a conversation that, and I, I hope this doesn't come off as morbid in any way, but yo, death is coming for all of us. Corona? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, you're about to get booed off this podcast by the listeners. <laughs> yo, who is this tech guy? <laughs> Uh, uh, it's a real thing anyways uh but yeah it's it's death is literally one of those things where it has a hundred percent like uh it's it's there's no escaping it it doesn't miss death doesn't miss every single human being that's ever lived it's come for it no matter like your background your sexuality your age, your gender, your nationality, your upbringing, your experience, Christian, non-Christian, successful, poor, like it, it comes for everybody. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes we live in a way where we don't believe that. And I think it's kind of narcissistic a little bit because it assumes that you're invincible or it assumes that you, you've got forever. Um, we put off goals like we have forever. We put off living for the gospel and making the gospel known like we have forever. We uh, put off loving people like we have forever or like forgiving people like we have forever. Like as cliche as it sounds, like, yo, w- like imagine losing somebody without ever like reconciling <laughs> with that person or making things right. You know what I mean? Um we we make reckless decisions with our lives like we have like you're young live it up you have the rest of your life to make it up do you <laughs> you know what i mean like do you really have the rest of your life 
Um, and so I kind of want to start there talk about like, why is it that we live as if death isn't coming for us? Cause death is coming. And, um, you know, I think about like, you know, at, at funerals or, you know, when we, we see people passing away, we say things like, you know, too, too early, you know, or untimely. And it's like, is it though, you know, like in God's eyes, uh, was it untimely, you know, was it too young? Um, cause God has a specific plan for every single one of us. And I think part of the problem is like, we don't, we don't, we, we, like I'll say like this, we assume that our plans for our lives is the same as God's plans for our lives. And so it's like, God, I'm going to get married at this age. I'm going to live here at this. I'm going to be this. I'm going to make this amount of money. Right. And that's cool. Work hard, do what you got to do. But what if that's not in the books for God's plan for you? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think like we're kind of in a sense, like, uh, I'm sorry if this might come off as harsh, but a little narcissistic in that we think that we have forever or we think that um, time is just something that like I was on Twitter and somebody tweeted, uh, yo, we could just literally wake up today and die and not even know it. Like, that's so messed that's up, you know what I mean? But that that's the reality. And I think that's why I'm a little paranoid. It's like, yo, is today my last? You know, like, and when you realize, like, today could be your last, like, my mom did something earlier today that really annoyed me, but I responded differently because I was like, yo, if I leave this house and I don't come back, and this might be thinking a little too deep into it, but I was like, yo, you don't know God's plan, but, like, I want to, like, love like I've been called to love and not put it off as if I have time to love the way I've been called to love. Or I don't want my mom to ever question how I love her while I'm here. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't have 10 years to get it right. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what do you think about, like, us living like death isn't coming for us? Yeah, I think that's um, the verse of the day. Mm-hmm. In, in, in the Bible app, you you Bible or you version? You version? Is, uh, it was Psalms 90, 12, which is what mm. we had talked about. Yeah. Um, and it's Moses that wrote this Psalms. Mm -hmm. And they say he wrote it like in reference to coming out of Egypt, mm. being in the wilderness with the Israelites, and then God saying, you know what? I'm done. Mm. This whole generation, you're mm. not going into the promised land. <laughs> yeah. You guys relax, make your home in the desert. Mm. I'll take Caleb and the next mm. the guys. next generation. Yeah. yeah. And um it it's kind of funny for Moses to say, So teach us to number our days that we may get that we may get us a heart of wisdom. Mm. I feel like for mm. him he was on mission. Mm. I think for Moses, even um in, in the same uh, chapter, he says humans live for 70, mm. maybe 80, mm. if you're really that strong for 80 years. Yeah. Moses was 80, bro, yeah. when God called him. Yeah. So I think he had a sense of urgency time running out. And yeah. Moses was that guy that tried to start his mission 40 years prior. 40 years prior. Yeah. So he's like, I got a lot of time to work on what I need to do. Let me go ahead and murder this dude yeah. and get the mission on the road. <laughs> yeah. But God was like, pause, yeah. 40 years in the desert, get yeah. your mind right, get, get your wisdom up. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then now Moses is 80. He's like, I got a mission. We got to make it to the promised land. But yeah. the people around him haven't yeah. learned to number their days. Mm. 
And so um, I feel like that's mm. probably the wisest thing that you could do. It's like it's like a, a, a humility thing mm. that you were saying. Like mm. people are narcissistic. Mm. It's like a humble, a, hu- a thing that humbles you. Yeah. When you realize you kind of lose control. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to let go of control when you when you realize, like I could die at any yeah. moment. Yeah, I'm not in control. God's not gonna warn me. Yeah, about when I'm gonna die. Yeah. So, from humility, you start to live. Yeah. Wisely. Yeah. You know, like what you do with your mom. Come on, bro. Let's think about this. Yeah. Let me just, just, yeah. Yeah. So what you do with your mom? Yeah. Is something that the Bible tells us to do. Regardless. Be patient with people. Yeah. Love people. Yeah. All this type of stuff. But we know we know that. Like, yeah. if I were to ask you, like, what the Bible says about relating with our anybody, yeah. you, me, and you both could be like, all right, it says love is patient, love is kind. No, nope, it doesn't seek its own thing. Yeah, all of you could say all that. Yeah. But wisdom mm. is understanding applied to life. Right. right? It's right. what you know applied. Yeah. But you applied wisdom when you started numbering your days. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So yeah, I think when yeah. Moses said, "Hey, we got a word." <laughs> 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 if y'all can see the way he was looking at me, boy, I'm, <laughs> I'm like that. That will preach. Yeah. Hey, okay. So when yeah. Moses says, "Teach us to number our days, so we can set our hearts on on like wisdom," I think it's a real practical thing yeah. because you start living out like those little, you know, mm. wisdom teachings that we know. Yeah. yeah. No, that's so deep. Yeah, bro. I think like that prayer, teach me how to number my days, mm-hmm. is a, a very uh, 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 humble prayer because it acknowledges that our days are numbered, mm-hmm. A, and B, that our lives are not in our hands. Uh, and so it's like, okay, God, show me that all of this is coming to an end. Even in James, that passage where it says, you make plans. You know, you say, let's do this, let's do that. And he's like, this is how you ought to say it. If the Lord wills, let's do this next year. Let's do that. That's that's real. Because like, if the Lord, like, Ooh, you know, like if the Lord wills for me to live another day, right. and if he opens the door to make this happen, we can do this. Yeah. There's so much humility in that statement because there's like, and, and what, what you're saying there is, yo, the chips fall in God's hands. Like I can make plans. I can have arrangements, I can have goals, I can have dreams, but if God, God gets the last say in all of this, and if God wills, then I could do this, right? And I think that that's real. I think like, what what would it look like if every day we woke up like, Lord, if you have me for one more day, like, show me what to do, show me how to live, show, right? Be, um, I'm trying to read the Bible in a year, and so like, it's like through the U version app and so they have you read like four to six chapters on average a day to kind of knock that out and a few weeks ago i was reading psalm 10 and i actually posted this on twitter because I, I, it's just been on my mind and you know the psalmist says uh you know the proud do not seek god oh yeah yeah you, I on instagram, yeah. yeah i post on instagram too and i'm like yo this is crazy because like when you live in pride you live as if God doesn't have the say in your life. But those who are humble seek God in all that they do. So it's like, God, I seek you with my health. I seek you. Like, I was thinking about it today at the gym. I was like, yo, I'm working out. I'm trying to be a good steward of my body. But 
at the end of the day, if I'm not seeking God, like I can't put health in my hands because there are so many things that can go wrong. Sickness can strike, right? Like, I, I mean, they're, they're like, it's endless what could happen. And so like on one end, when you're humble, you say, Lord, if you will for this to happen, let it happen. Lord, teach me that my days are numbered. Like, I don't know if I got next week. I don't know if I got next year. But because I know it's numbered, there it, like, it puts an oomph in you a little bit. You know what I mean? It, it's like a, it sets a fire in your soul where you're ready to live a life that you don't have any regrets about. You know what I mean? And that that's my biggest fear is living a life of regrets. And I feel like um, I don't know Kobe and I didn't know Caleb, but I doubt they would have any regrets. I feel like they gave everything they had to what they were, what they believed they were called to. And they went, I mean, like Caleb had this like fire thing where he had this 40 day uh, challenge where he just would do something to like conquer fear, something outside of his comfort zone. And he would take in requests from people. And I'm like, yo, this, this man was really living like fear had no factor and he could only live that way without with having purpose like man i i cannot let fear get in the way and i feel like when you live a life that's like num when you know your life is numbered it's, it just does something to you bro it, it really like yeah you're gonna say something yeah yeah um that the funny part is like that's how moses started that chapter but i don't want to keep going though. i don't want to i don't want to stop that thought you know yeah that flow go ahead go ahead yeah he, he said moses um in the beginning of uh, Psalms 90 he starts it off with Lord you have been our dwelling place in all generations and then he says before the mountains were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world check this out from everlasting to everlasting you are God mm. then the next verse he says you return man to dust and say return O, chil uh, o children of man yeah I like that contrast between like God and man mm. and like death is what really like you said humbles man because that's the difference between us and God we have a beginning we have an end mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and Moses like lays that out so plainly from yeah. everlasting to everlasting you're a God you return man to dust and I feel like the people that I look up to that I aspire to be like live like live like they understand that mm -hmm. like they number their days especially mm -hmm. like in the gospel yeah like as we were even talking about doing this podcast i was just looking at certain people's lives yeah and trying to get some things to you know share and things but there was a there was a guy he was a missionary his name was uh jim jim taylor i want to say mm -hmm. and he he died at like age 28 Oh wow, I'm 28. That's crazy. Yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say it was Jim Jim Taylor and he he wanted to do like missions. So he I think he might have I don't know if people have heard the story. He wanted to go on missions, right? So his whole life he's passionate about um doing missions work. Yeah. He was a super good athlete and everything like that. So he ended up targeting a um a group of unreached people. Mhm. Mm and they were still kind of, I don't want to call them primitive, but that's what it was. Yeah. Bows and arrows, you know, shooting people, mm -hmm. living like that. So he went out there to go preach to them. Yeah. And they like, they killed him. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think I know this story. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And then like, 
it like it was some some crazy happened. Somebody came back. Yeah. And then they ended up like His receiving wife. Christ or something. Yeah. And they yeah. ended up living among them for like, is that is that the story? Yeah. That is the story. Jim Elliot. Jim, Jim Elliot. Elliot and yeah. his wife is Elizabeth Elliot. Yeah. So he he was like, those are the type of people, bro. And he burnt himself out. He died at age twenty eight. He ca- he counted that like. And he a, died right away, like right when he like got there, right? If I I'm think not it was mistaken. Pretty immediate. Yeah. 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 The crazy. Here's the crazy part. That was a while ago. You know, that wasn't. That was like years ago. Yeah. We have one of those dudes in our in our generation. Hmm. His name was like John Chow. I don't remember. I don't hmm. know if you guys remember that story. The guy that went to the island. Oh it's yeah, yeah. island off of India. Yeah, yeah. As soon as he um, he had, dude like, paid off the Indian Coast Guards, the Navy, to sneak him onto this island. Hmm. But since he was 16 years old, he had been plotting hmm. to go reach those people. Hmm. The Indian government had registered those people as. Do not touch them. Their culture and everything has to be preserved. Nobody go there. Yeah. And in his mind, he was like, this is the last stronghold uh, um, Satan has on this world. Everybody's been exposed to the gospel, but for some reason, these people aren't, right? Mm-hmm. He knew it was a danger, though, because people had gone there before to try to give them some aid, yeah. to try to, like, civilize them or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Every time people go, they'd be getting shot with arrows, and yeah. like, they just refused to let anybody there Yeah. Yeah. by himself. He yeah. went to Oral Roberts University. Huh. He was two, 26 years old. Mm-hmm. Like... If you see this guy, bro, young, strong, adventurous, yeah. kind of traveled the world and stuff like that. Yeah. And he snuck onto that island with a little paddle boat. And as soon as he saw the first people, he started screaming like, Jesus loves you. Mm. Like, Jesus loves you. And then this kid shoots an arrow into his oh, Bible. Oh, my goodness. And he's, like, freaking out. Yeah. So he, like, paddles away. And yeah. He's like, all right, I got to come back. He comes back. Yeah. And he's trying to give them fish and all these things. And one dude stands on a rock and he's like the leader of the the area. Yeah. And so he's telling them like singing songs. He doesn't know how to communicate with these people their yeah. language. So he's just singing songs to them. Jesus loves you. They're laughing at him. Mm. They're trying to kick him out. He leaves. Then one night, the people that are transporting him to a certain area so that he could take his little kayak to the island. Yeah. He tells them, look, guys, I'll be good. Yeah. You guys go back. I'm going to spend the night here. Mm. And he's writing letters and stuff to yeah. his family. Yeah. And one of the letters, he says, um, you guys might think this is crazy. You guys might think I'm risking my life, but I think it's worth it for the gospel. Bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. he really believed that yeah. salvation, people needed to hear the gospel. Yeah. So he said, you guys might think it's crazy, but I think it's worth it, right? Yeah. One of his last letters he left yeah. was, God, I don't know why they're shooting arrows at me. Mm. I don't know why they want to kill me. I'm afraid I don't want to die, mm. but I'll do it mm. for the gospel. Mm. So they left him there overnight. They come back the next day, mm. and they see the island people tying his body and dragging him into oh the... Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like that's what it looks like to... So it go, I, th- I think it goes two ways. Because we're going to die, we got to live a meaningful life that, like, will surpass this life here. Yeah. And it's because we're going to die that we got to get the gospel out because where are people going to go? It goes two ways, you know? And I think that, you know, I think about, yo, this is real, bro. Like, I think at the end of the day, if we're not living... Because here's the thing. I think, and I get, I'm very, I fall guilty of this all the time but i think sometimes we lose what really matters in life we really do like i think that 
uh, we can get so caught up in, you know, the things of the world. Not, I'm not even talking about sin. I'm just talking about like, good things, you know, like going out to eat, going to see a movie. I'm talking about like having conversation with friends. Like these are like good things. But I feel like if all of those things aren't fueling us to live a life that actually matters, mm-hmm. we'll waste our life. We like something. Um, yeah, something that I've always um, this is something I say to Perizim like often. But you know, I think about the kind of life that Paul lived, and Paul um, he lived like the only. I mean, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Like, let's just take that simple verse. Like, if I'm here. Like, I, 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 you know, don't get me wrong. Like, I've enjoyed your company. Every letter he's written, he talks about just the sweet memories he's made with people and how he longs to see certain people and how he's enjoyed other people's company and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, he's like, yo, if I'm here, it's about this cause. It's better for me to go. But if I stay, it's for you. It's, it's not for me. Like, I'm not really attached to this life. I know what I really care about, and that is the life to come. And I think that sometimes, like, I mean, I think we're getting glimpses of it now with, like, all that things, all the things that have been taking place in this, in this broken world. Bro, I have friends who straight up told me, I'm, I'm not, I don't want kids. Like, I, I don't want to bring my kid up in this world. It's cold. It's broken. Like, I don't want my kids to face any of that, you know? Like, people are starting to catch up to the fact that, yo, this life has great moments, but really, we weren't made for this life. We were made for a different life. What was that Spurgeon quote? Was it a Spurgeon or C.S. Lewis quote about, like, if if I'm not satisfied in this life, that only means I was made for a different one? So I butchered it. Something along those lines. But, like, at the end of the day, like, we have to realize, like, you know, we get so get caught up with our toys and our trinkets and our our, our 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 like fun moments, but in the grand scheme of things, all of this is coming to an end. And you know, I was I was uh you know listening to a podcast uh, like back in September, like KB and Amin uh, Southside Rabbi, and KB was talking about yo like, you know, even if we try to bring our heroes back, like MLK. Even if we believe that, like, his death was untimely, we're really bringing him back to a broken world and he's going to have to die again anyways. (laughs) You know, like, again, it comes back to death being a reality. He's like, why not live for, why not get excited for a life where there is no death, where there are no tears, where there is no pain? Like, that's, like, if we started to view life in light of that reality, like, man, I'm just a stranger in this world. I'm just a foreigner. I'm just walking by. I'm, like, after something greater than what this life could ever afford me, right? Like, I think about this, like, analogy. If you were to go to a stranger's house, a person you've never, uh, never met before, I don't know, maybe, like, you got mutual friends or what have you, would you go up in their kitchen, open the refrigerator, and just start drinking their milk or taking their food or go in their living room, put your feet on their coffee table or lay down. Like, no, you wouldn't do that, right? Why? Because you're a stranger in that place, right? Like, you you, you don't know the place. You don't know. There's not. And I feel like the problem is a lot of us in this world have gotten too comfortable. Like, we've got our feet kicked up. We're in the refrigerator. We're, we're taking things that don't belong to us. And we've lost sight in the reality that this is not our home. And when we know that this is not our home, 
we get excited when when we when we realize like where our home actually is and instead of like being devastated about what goes on here we're like aiming for something greater and if we know that we're aiming for something greater i think that's that puts a fire in us to preach the gospel like yo like who is the guy who said um for the unbeliever earth is the only heaven they'll experience for but for the believer earth is the only hell they'll experience right and if we know it only gets better why not get excited why not get excited about getting this message out because we know where we're all headed again death is going to hit all of us and instead of uh uh being sad about that and i don't want to like take out like you know it's a real like it's painful like i don't want to like uh, you know the bible talks about mourning with those that mourn you know like i don't want to te- like I, I don't want people get to get the wrong message i'm not saying you know don't grieve over death it's a real thing like I, I you know if i were to lose anybody that was near and dear to me that that would rock my world literally rock my world but i think like when we have this lens this perspective that this this world isn't it like we're aiming for something far greater. Like right to live is Christ, to die is gain. Right? Who actually believes that? Like to die is gain. Right? No, no. no. When people die, it's like they lost. No, no, no. They've won. You know what I mean? And so I think like just piggyback uh, back off of what you were talking about, where you know when you know when you ask God to number your days, when you know all this is coming to an end. Like it puts a fire in you to preach the gospel because you know that you have to live on mission. You can't waste your life here on earth. Like you got to make it count for something. And on top of that, you know where everybody is going to end up in if they choose to believe in Jesus or not. And that also ignites us to really go hard because it's like, yo, if I really believe this to be good, I want everybody in on this. Something I say all the time is, You know, like we are really good at sharing things with people that we enjoy, that we're passionate about, that we care about. Right. Like we do this all the time. And I feel like maybe we're not sharing this good news. Maybe we're not sharing this gospel because we're not passionate. We're not so crazy about this. good. Maybe it isn't goodness. Maybe we haven't bought into it. You know what I mean? But if we really bought into it, we know, oh, my God, like King Solomon, all of this is meaningless. Yo, like this is the dude that owned everything. He had as much uh, sex as he wanted. He had the best food. He had the wisdom. He had the power. He had it all. And at the end of his life, he said, all of this is meaningless. All of it. Like the food, right? Like anybody that knows me knows I'm a foodie. But he's like, yo, I've tasted the best of the best. And it's still mean. Yo, he even, bro, like he even says laughter is meaningless. That's when I was like, yo, (laughs) like, He's just like, yo, there's no meaning in our laughter outside of the grace of God. And I'm going off for a while. I want to give you a chance to speak. But you actually said something that always stuck with me. We were at a retreat one day or we were speaking to youth. I forgot where it was. Or maybe it was just a conversation we were having one-on-one. But you're talking about the the line Biggie had about hell. Like, what he said, like, I'd rather be in hell. That's where all the cool kids yeah. are. Is that how you said it? But you were saying how, like, we don't realize, like, the only reason why earth is pleasurable in any sense is because God is here. What makes hell terrible is not necessarily the flames, but the absence of God's presence. And I think like when we realize that, it, yo, it's like, yo, I, you know, I, this life is great because of the grace of God. It only gets better if I like, yeah. Anyway, I said a lot there. I don't know if you want to touch on any of it. 
You just made me think of two things, and it was what you were saying at the end. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're for some people you're speaking a different language mm-hmm. because they may not have had their eyes open to the goodness because, of God, yeah. and eternity in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a work of revelation. Yeah, and I think the automatic response when your eyes are open is to immediately see how fleeting this life is mm. and to want to give your life over to the next mm. you know what I mean mm. so I feel like it's funny because I've, life is about resources mm. and it's about energy and those are where all our problems stem from mm. if you think about wars if you think about any issue from all the way from huge countries having wars to little issues inside of homes it's all about resource mm. and it's about energy God is like the ultimate energy. He yeah. gives, he kicks off life. He restores like he's sustaining life because mm-hmm. all energy comes from him, right? Yeah. When you die, essentially that's the end of your energy. Mm-hmm. Right? Your battery's cut off. So, if you haven't had the revelation of God and if you don't understand that Jesus Christ and God are real, yeah. there's something more than this earth, mm-hmm. you're clay, but he's sustaining you. Mm-hmm. If you've mm-hmm. never had that realization, then you're just trying to story, hold your energy <sighs> as far good, as man. possible. Yeah. So expand that. Like, That's how people feel about death. Death yeah. is the end of my battery. I've been given a battery. I don't know who gave it to me, but I know I have it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to sustain that as long as I can yeah. and enjoy it as long as I can. Yeah. And now I don't know what happens after I die. Yeah. So therefore, I'm not going to burn out for the next life because I don't know what happens next life. Yeah. The- but I feel like, just like what you were saying with your mom, how you behaved because of how you viewed mm-hmm. death, right? My mm-hmm. life is short, so I better... The Christian life at the end of the day is burn your battery out for other people. Mm-hmm. But not for the gospel. No. No, no. Burn your battery out for other people. Yeah. I'm talking about everyday Christians are called to live sacrificially, living Mm, for other people. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. So it's a a matter of resource. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is making sense, but if you understand that there is a heaven and a hell and a God, and this world is fallen, and you're living for the next life, your eyes have been revealed, like you got a revelation of God, now you're living for that life, now you can live this life burnt out for other people. Mm-hmm. So all it's saying is like, mm-hmm. if you don't understand that, you're going to try, if you don't understand that there's a heaven and hell and Jesus Christ is real and all that, you're going to try to sustain your battery. Not only that, you're not going to be able to live out the Christian life because the Christian life is all about burning out your battery for other people. <laughs> yeah. So you're not ready to die and see Jesus Christ it's going to be that much harder to like live your life out. It's one and the same thing. You know what I mean? I, I think the difference is, is, is the difference between somebody who thinks that they own their life versus somebody who knows that they're only stewards of their life. Yeah. When you exactly. are the owner of something, yeah. you are like always thinking about how to like maximize, how to like exactly. the bottom line, yeah. how to profit, how to like make this, how could I get the most out of this? But when you're in a manager, yeah. 
your job is just, is just to simply make sure that things are going well, things are functioning, you're obeying, uh, 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 you're obeying whatever the, uh, the owner is telling you to do, right? Like you're making sure that like everything that is asked of you is completed, right? You're not stressed out about this thing going forward. You're just like, man, I've been giving this, given this, I just have to make sure that this is taken care of. And I think like as a Christian, mm. if you like, if you really think that you own your life, you're going to be stressed out about how you can maximize your life. But if you're a Christian who believes that God owns your life, right? <laughs> you're like, all right, God, like you've given me my youth. How do you want me to spend it? Like, what, what is your plan? How do you get the bottom line? You know, how do you profit from my life, right? Okay, God, like when, when it comes to my relationships, like you own this, you have complete say in this. How do you want me to manage this? Like, how do you want me, right? And I think that's like the main, and I think that's what, you know, when you, when, when there's this um, confidence in you owning your life, um, God does a funny way of showing you you own nothing, you know, like he'll really humble you. But I think that when you're just a manager, you're, again, you're going to, you're going to use your battery up for the cause of Christ because that's the, that's the call of the Christian. That's like, God has given you like, you know, like we use the gifts that God has given us to make money off of nothing wrong with it. Do that. That's awesome. But I think God has given you your gifts primarily to serve his kingdom and not to say like serving his kingdom is only like serving the church. I think you can you know, you can build his kingdom by uh, how you operate in the, the work field and the in the corporate world. And as whatever you're doing, I think that you can use your gifts also uh, as a platform for the gospel. I'm not saying like this is like only work for the church. But I think if you don't see your, you know, like I, I think about like the fact that I'll only be 28 once. I'll only be in my 20s for 10 years. And then I'm going to my 30s. And if I look back, I have to ask the question, what did I do? How did I steward it? How did I burn this out for the right cause? Or has have I made it about me? I'm a really dramatic guy. And I remember, and I get sick a lot. I remember there was this one time where I thought I was going to die. Like, no, no, no. Like, I literally, like, I was laying in my bed thinking this might be it for me. And then I started thinking about death in that moment. And I was like, God, if I were to die would I be ready to fit? And bro, like this is only by the grace of God. I literally was like, God, if you were to take me today, I would have no regrets. I gave you, like you were with me. To, I gave you my teens. I gave you my 20s. Like I I became a pastor at 23 and ever, like, yo, I've had family members come at me like, yo, what are you doing making this amount of money in this? Like, yo, you, you have your whole life. Like serve God with your money. Like make more money, do right? And like, I, but I'm like, yo, I like all of that, was put in perspective when I thought the end was near. And I'm like, yo, I literally gave everything to him. Like, I maybe like I didn't see the results I wanted to see, but I managed my 20s in a way that would give glory to God. I literally everything, like even from, like if you're listening to this podcast, like my aim is not just to have this thing blow up. It's like to serve people, yo. Like, like I think that's like the difference. I think that when you start to think about your life in a way where it only serves you, you've missed it. It's really cool that I get to interview certain people. It's really cool that people get to like listen to this and like it and share it. And man, I've been 
tremendously encouraged by people supporting this but yo like the aim of all of this is to serve and love people like this is just another outlet this is another platform to get the good news out and i think when you start look looking at your life that way like man this position is fire man making six figures is fire man i'm a ceo of this this but how can i leverage this for the sake of the gospel how can i make my life count for all of eternity there's a quote i like wanted to read i'm gonna pull it up um about like what we do what we do um if my internet service is cooperating um it's not what a man or woman does that determines whether his work is sacred or secular it is why he or she does it so it's not what you do it's why you do it and and we have to ask the question like yo is our why connected to the purpose of god or have we said you know what i am the captain of my of my ship like i i have my own set of standards and i want to do this high like i i'm gonna you know there's a difference between working out to look good and working out to have a temple that will be effective in the kingdom <laughs> you know there's a difference between eating right so that you can live longer and eating right to live longer for the sake of the gospel there's a difference between loving and serving people so that you you know there, there's those that do it because they don't want to be alone and there's those that do it because that's the call of the gospel and they want to demonstrate the gospel in their lives and they want to see people come to know him through the right like the why matters and i think that like the why will dictate are you the owner of your life or the manager of your life and are you burning this battery out for the things that really matter or is it for your selfish gain you know what i mean I said a lot there. I don't know if you had some thoughts. I did. I, I did have thoughts, bro, <laughs> but they're kind of like a little off, off topic. We could go there. I was thinking certain people are gonna receive this entire message like differently. I feel like for some people, hearing the message of burn your battery out for other people, and burn your battery out for eternity is going to resonate and it might be a release like a burden releaser yeah and i know this might be going into um the original topic that you wanted to discuss about looking inward oh yeah or if it, it might go into that but we don't have to but yeah. for some people i think they may have been living their lives burning their battery out for other people, whether they were doing it directly for Christ or not, it had maybe mm. they lived their lives, and it was hard for them to say no to people. People pleasing. People pleasing, right? Yeah. But, and so they ended up being used, or you know, yeah, yeah. taking it, whatever the case may Advantage be. Advantage of, yeah. And, and so, but society tells you that that's not good. People yeah. pleasing is not good. Yeah. So it's you have to learn how to say no and i'm not saying don't learn how to say no that you gotta learn how to say no <laughs> yeah. to whatever's ungodly yeah um but if you if, if if you hear this message it could be freeing for you because now it's like your inclination to want to just say yes to people yeah. and not being able to say no to people actually is a benefit for you in the kingdom of god mm -hmm. because the distractions of god are 
someone slaps you in the face, turn your other cheek. Mm. Oh, look, all my life, I haven't been a violent person. I've always allowed, I've always been forgiven of people, even if they abuse me and turn around. Like, I've always just been willing to give them second chances. And that was something I wanted to change. Mm. I didn't want to live like that because I knew that was going to hurt me and it's been hurting me. But mm. this is a part of who I am and it's hard for me to change it. Now the gospel is coming to you and saying, no, no, that's your benefit. Yeah. That's actually you walking down the narrow path mm -hmm. that's hard to find. Yeah. You burning out your battery, right? So I feel like for some people, this should be a release. Like, mm. keep doing, do not resist your urge to not say no to people. Mm. Yeah. And even though it's hard for people to draw boundaries, it's hard for you to draw boundaries. Don't fully resist your urge to not draw boundaries. Mm. People are using you. Don't fully resist your urge to allow people to use you. Just allow that. Why? Because that's what the gospel says. Why? Because there's something more for you. Yeah. I feel like for others, it may be, it may come off different. It's going to be very, I think there's going to be, this message is going to be difficult to hear for certain people. Mm -hmm. They're going to say, I hope you don't understand. Yeah, let me let me play devil's advocate. Life is a competition. Yeah. Hold on, let me, let me, let me just get this started. They're going to say life is a competition you don't understand. I've been competing my entire life. Yeah. And I'm looking, I want my resources for me mm -hmm. and my people. Yeah. So therefore, this message is unpractical and it's irrelevant. Yeah. But go ahead. Devil's <laughs> yeah. So I'm with you. I'm following. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, but for the person that's like, yo being taken advantage of right is that really the call of the gospel being used is that really like what i'm called to like expand like whether you like through verses or stories or things jesus have said or maybe ver like what do you mean because maybe somebody's listening and they're thinking you tripping you know what i mean like i i i gotta know my worth you know like i, I can't let people walk all over me you know what i mean and i think too we often um we mistake uh, loving people or we mistake uh, serving people and being walked all over on for uh, like uh, a holiness. But sometimes it could just be ignorance, you know what I mean? Or sometimes it could just be uh, uh, unwise. It, it could actually hurt you, you know what I mean? And so what do you mean by, and I think I know what you mean, but just for like those that are listening that might not hear that. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. Okay, here's an example. Yeah. Woman at the well. Okay. She's supposedly had, had five husbands. Mm -hmm. And living she's living with, with one yeah. currently. She goes to the well at noon. Noon is the hot. We've all we all heard this sermon, right? Mm -hmm. Noon is the hottest part of the day. The sun is directly in the middle of the air, in the in the directly above you. Yeah. It's not good for your health to yeah. be out there. Yeah. No, but but she's doing it. Yeah. Why? Because she's afraid. Yeah. Of being around the people that are coming out to draw water. She doesn't want to be confronted. More, she doesn't want to be confronted. She, yeah. So her inclination is not to stand up for herself and tell those women in that culture, you don't know me. You don't know what happened with those five guys. What if they were, you don't know. She's not going to do that. Mm -hmm. She's not going to stand up for her rights and say, I'm coming at six o'clock just like the rest of you. I'm a human just like the rest of you. And I need water. Just what if I have family? What if I'm taking care of my dad mm -hmm. and he's old and he's 75 and he needs water yeah. and I'm here getting water for him and you guys won't let me. So I'm going to do it at noon because I know I got to bring back water for somebody I'm taking care. Of. And you guys have no idea. She didn't. 
We don't know. Yeah. But she has no inclination to do that. Instead, she compromises her own mm. comfort mm-hmm. so that she doesn't have to be confronted by this problem. Yeah. She hasn't done anybody wrong. As far as we know, yeah. she hasn't done anything wrong to those people. Yeah. So she I, just has a reputation, a bad exactly. reputation. So, yeah. so it's that. It's that. Like, how do we connect? How do I connect that to what I'm talking about? Yeah. Her inclination is not to stand up for herself. If we're living in our world, we get on YouTube, mm-hmm. watch a motivational video, and we, we you know, we build up the confidence to say I'm worthy and I'm every, I'm all that. Mm-hmm. Like. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blessed are, you know, Here, the meek. Like, yeah. I feel like she's blessed because of that inclination in her not to stand up for herself. So now she's not standing up for herself. She's broken. Jesus is somewhere uh, 20, 30, 40 miles away praying. And all of a sudden he gets this urge and this conviction to say, I have to go down this way. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I have to meet a person. Who is this person? It's a person that's in my kingdom. She's in your kingdom already. She hasn't heard of you. Yeah, because she's inclined to that so let me you know, let me burn co- my battery out for other people even though these people don't like her whatever yeah let me let me continue to play devil's advocate though does that make sense though it, it does but i i'm trying to poke at some loopholes <laughs> okay, <go ahead. laughs> so i don't feel like she's sticking up for herself because she knows she's in the wrong mm. versus those that do go out yeah. and defend themselves they defend themselves because they don't think that they're in the wrong she or she knows they, she messed they, up. They defend themselves knowing I'm in the wrong, but guess what I know about you? Yeah. 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 I know you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, but anyway. that's but that but I, that would be different though, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's like I think this person she knows the customs. Mm-hmm. She knows what's expected of her and she fell short. Yeah. And so she can't she it's not that she is choosing not to uh i i think what's going on is like it's just shame bro like she's coming out at the hottest part of the day because she's afraid she's simply afraid that she'll be confronted with something she knows she's in the wrong about it's not like when somebody says something she's just like well you don't know why i'm doing this like they know she needs water you know what i mean but she also knows she's in the wrong and so because of and i think that's what shame ultimately does right shame puts you by yourself Shame makes you think that nobody can understand. Shame makes you feel small and insignificant. Shame makes you feel like you're you're worthless. You know what I mean? So I don't think like I don't know. We we could like agree to disagree, but I don't know if that's what's going on in that text. I just think that she knows she's in the wrong, and she doesn't want to. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. I think certain people can have a different reaction from knowing that they're in the wrong. That's true too. Like yeah, yeah if, if you think about how Jesus related to. There's several people. You can think about Barabbas. Mm-hmm. He was in the wrong, but he wasn't ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. Um, even the, the, the people that... the Two guys died on the cross with Jesus Christ. One guy was like, yo, save us and save yourself. Let's go. Yeah. No, you can't do it. Oh, you're worthless. Yeah. All right. He was wrong, but he wasn't ashamed. The dude next to him, yo, you don't deserve to... Said to Jesus, you don't deserve to be on this cross. We're truly wrong. Right. And he became... Two different responses. Yeah. They were both wrong. Yeah. Jesus says to the guy on the left, "Today you're going to enter into heaven with me right. because of your disposition and your relationship to what the wrong, the thing that you've done wrong. Yeah. It's shame. Yeah. He's bold in his wrongness. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, there's going to be people inclined to shame. 
Yeah. There's gonna be people inclined to burning out their battery, not being able to say no to people, being abused, being used, all of those type of things. But that's perfect though, because but, you're made for the kingdom of God. Like Yeah. <laughs> but what about I, I feel like that is more applicable when you're in the right, not when you're in the wrong. Right? Like uh, you know, when you're in the wrong, I think it's expected of you to not be bold in <laughs> in your wrongdoing you know what i mean like the 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 position that the guy took where he's just like yo you shouldn't be here you know you're nothing like us i think that should be the natural response but what i'm like i think what, what i was trying to get clarity on was what about for the person that isn't in the wrong and you're asking them to be walked all over on not for the person that is in the wrong you know what I mean? Like, what what happens to the person that's being walked on all over on, and they've done nothing but good? Yeah. They have no bad reputation. They have not harmed anybody. They've they've only looked out for others. They've lived sacrificially. Like, how does that person take what you're advising them to? You know what I mean? I mean, I think I would I would go to um, like count it all joy when you face trials and. Um, persecutions of various kinds or even Paul in Philippians like, or even G when he talks about Jesus in Philippians he says he despised the shame and he took on the cross mm-hmm. um, and he's kind of telling us like it's okay when people dis- like spitefully use you mm-hmm. because that's how they treated Jesus yeah. right yeah. or even think about Jeremiah for the truth though for, yeah, for, for being for, right. For the um, when I say truth, for the gospel. Even, even if it's not not necessarily for, for like good things. Like you're doing the good things, you're doing the right things in the world, but people treat you badly, although you're doing all the right things. The principle stands. Yeah. Like count it all joy. Yeah. Let yeah. me ask you this. Uh, so like, because like the way I've understood that was. Um, count it all joy like when it when it comes to um, you know the life you live for the sake of the gospel but for instance if somebody is wrongfully accused mm-hmm. yeah. and they're thrown into prison right. you don't think they should fight for their freedom you think you should just they should count it as joy because you know what I mean like that's no, like the I, dilemma I think, I think Paul himself like fought for his freedom yeah, yeah yeah exactly he, he was like but, but, i'm a roman citizen and i'm gonna exactly. hold you accountable to this what but I'm when saying, it came to the gospel that's when he like accepted well even even he, he it was in the midst of that gospel that he was put in prison and and everything he suffered was because of the gospel and when he fought for his own rights he did it in the midst of preaching the gospel mm-hmm. but what i mean is as a general principle don't worry about fighting these natural inclinations of yours that allow you to be used by people. Yeah. Because it's not wrong. Yeah. And society tells us most of the time that your inability to say no to people is a weakness. Mm-hmm. And so improve that. Yeah. But the Bible says the poor in spirit are blessed by God. Mm-hmm. Those that are ashamed, those that hide and these inclinations of yours are actually indications that you're included in the incumbent king. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just Over like, here pontificating. It's, right. <laughs> it's just saying that, like, 
you belong in this kingdom. Yeah. You 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 display the attributes of your father in heaven. Yeah, I'm with you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like. Yeah, I just wanted to get clarity for those that are listening. They're like, I gotta I'm, give up what you know? I'm like, saying, yeah. All I'm saying is when we're talking about death and things like that. Yeah. For some people, it's gonna be. It should be a relief for you because you already inclined to live your life like a rag doll pulled this way pulled that way people using you it's hard for you to say no and things like that i'm not saying enter into abusive relationships all i'm saying is if you find yourself unwilling and unable to compete and you feel insignificant because of that you have a home in the gospel Mm -hmm. and burn your battery out in this life yeah. And be ready for that. Yeah, and I think about like the great, like, you know, like time and time again in scripture, people were, you know, you think about Stephen. Yeah. You know, you think about, um, you think about people like even Peter, how he went out. You know, you think yeah, about like Paul. with James, with Paul. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you think about those that um, truly lived to make Jesus known and live for this message that they found everything in mm. their, their peace, their solace, their, their significance, their purpose, their identity, that like their future, mm. they were willing to die for it, you know, and they were willing to be taken advantage for it. And I think that, you know, Carl Lentz, polarizing figure I know but he always says something that I really enjoy he says you know how is it that every week you ask God to use you and then when people use you you complain and say God they're using me it's like it was, wasn't that your prayer request you know wasn't that what you asked of God and I think that there is a sense of giving us giving up of ourselves that needs to take place in order for us to truly live for the things of God and anticipate our true home in heaven. And I think about, you know, we, we had a conference. Were you here when Felix came like two, three years ago? And his message is still rings true in my ear, bro. Like I hear it all. I hear it in his accent and everything. He was saying, you know, like you're too alive. You're too alive. You know what I mean? And he's just like, you know, the part of, I think part of the problem with Christianity today is we were too alive. Like, we haven't died to ourselves. We haven't taken up our cross and followed Jesus. And I think that it is only those that have taken up their cross that are awaiting heaven. Nobody wants to take up their cross on earth and live on earth. <laughs> That's crazy talk. Like heaven are for those that have, you know, like when I think about like, yo, and this is something I even test myself with is if I'm comfortable on here on earth, I probably haven't been living for God. You know what I mean? Like if I'm, if I'm enjoying myself a little too much, man, chances are Jesus hasn't been the center of my life. But those that have, you know, you think about Moses, bro, Moses prayed that prayer, but look at his life. Literally he, he gave up 80 years of his life because of what God wanted for him, 40 to whatever, you know, like training grounds, you know, and then another 40 serve, serving people that wanted to stone him, didn't respect him, didn't listen to him, complained, murmured, forgetful of what God had done, and he stayed faithful, to, you know what I mean? And I think, I mean, he didn't end too well with his anger being an issue, but like in a lot of ways, like this man, I don't think he died thinking, no, don't take me. It was like, 
this is this everything everything I was about was for this and I'm I'm going home you know like Stefan Stephen when he was dying you know the skies opened up and he sees Jesus and it's when he sees where he's going that he's able to say father forgive them for they not know what they do think about that that radical forgiveness only comes with eternity being in perspective of another like you could only love and forgive that way when you know where you're headed you know and i think that i mean there's so many ways we could have taken this conversation so many ways we might have to do a part two and three but i think i think what we keep coming back to is this idea that you know this isn't home and the way you live demonstrates if you're comfy or not and I think part of it is being taken advantage of and you're only taken advantage of because you're living to love people the way I, I don't I don't think Jesus like I look at his 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 life here on earth, especially the last three years. His life was marked by sacrifice. Uh, by constantly being ridiculed, mocked, um, even in him loving people like we, we talk about the women at the well. It was the hottest time of the day. He was hungry. He was tired. They're walking. They're not driving to their destination. They're walking. I don't know about you, but when I'm hungry and I'm hot, it, it, yo, like I, I could be so bad sometimes. Like I'll speak at conferences and I'll be wiped out. And at the end, and I'm already an introvert. I, I, I just not really trying to like converse. You know what I mean? And I always think about John 4 because I think about like, yo, Jesus, like, like we think about what he did for her, but we don't ever talk about what it cost him physically to do what he did for her. And I think like, yeah, I think like when you're on this journey um, and you have eternity in mind, you're you're going to take some beatings, you know, and um, and we should be okay with that. I know we talk a little bit about what we meant by that because I just wanted people to like. I don't want people thinking like, you know, they shouldn't fight for certain things. Uh, but in a lot of ways, like we should give up a lot of things, you know? Yeah. And I, I think also what you just said, like there should be a distinction between being comfortable in the world and then the joy that you get in God, mm-hmm. because you can live your life in Christ every day, understanding that you are a flawed human being. And God has given you grace to wake up mm-hmm. and drink water and eat food mm-hmm. and you're extremely blessed yeah. and you have a job and your bosses are mean, but at least you have ears to hear the mean words they say <laughs> Literally. and you have the eyes to see the faces that yeah. they may make at yeah. Yeah. And you. Can, and you can, from that, you could have a, like the Bible says, a, a, a river of living water yeah. that flows from you yeah. into eternal life. And you can feel joy every single day yeah. and be happy. Yeah. And so that's not what Abu's saying when he says you're good and comfortable. He's, nah, he's talking yeah. about like yeah. this world is your home. Yeah. You made your kingdom here. Yeah. And you have all the luxuries and the pleasures and you... Re- like you love that yeah. because there's two things. You can love life yeah. because of the joy that God has given you yeah. or you can love it because of the circumstances you've created for yourself. Yeah. 
And so I think at the center of the second one is self and mm. the center of the first one living that is like a mind on God. Yeah. You know, and it, it that that mentality though allows you to endure all things. All things. Listen to me when I tell you this. All things. Like an attitude of gratitude. Like this whole death talk comes to that. Yeah. Like how what is your attitude walking in life yeah. in light of death? All right. You know you're a Christian. You know that eternity's for you. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, even Stephen, right? <laughs> this goes for us. The the Abu was talking about he was martyred. Somebody was talking about this. It says he looked up and he saw Jesus standing mm-hmm. at the right hand of God. Yeah. Jesus, when he ascended, took his seat at the right hand of God. Yeah. Uh oh. So now at the martyrdom of Stephen, Jesus is standing mm. at the right hand of God. Mm. Mm. He he stood up for him mm. from his throne, where Christ completed his entire work. Yeah, went up to the throne of God, and sat down. And now you see him standing at the throne of God. And so, that's that's Stephen's life of sacrifice. And now he sees, all right, like I'm living this life of a sacrifice, but yeah. I'm looking there, and my yeah. approval's there, and my yeah. my Savior's standing it's up good. for me there at the throne where he was seated. But this attitude of gratitude goes a long way. It just like Abu said in the beginning, the way he related with his mom changed when he had a change of perspective. Mm-hmm. Like death is eminent, and mm-hmm. however you look at eminent, mm-hmm. eighty years from now is eminent, right? It says it, it goes by fast, or it could be next week. You never know. Yeah. But if you have that attitude, it changes everything. Like I go into work, and I'm a paranoid guy. Mm-hmm. If people aren't clear with their intentions, I don't know if you're trying to play me. I don't know if I've been devalued at work or if I've been overvalued. Am I getting paid enough? Am I getting paid? Like, there's a lot of thoughts that go through my head. Yeah. What am I gonna? Am I? How much work am I gonna do today? Yeah. Like, is it too much? Am I taking on too much? Yeah. And the crazy part about me is all those thoughts hit me as soon as I'm about to enter into work. Mm-hmm. So now my attitude mm-hmm. gets change to yeah. negative yeah. right as soon as like I'm good and then right about as I'm about to enter all the negative thoughts come into my head yeah every morning before I go into work I stop and I pray and I say God thank you mm-hmm. that I have this place to go mm-hmm. to as a job mm-hmm. and I think back to Lord six months ago I was depressed I was in mm-hmm. my basement mm-hmm. I was popping these pills mm-hmm. I was all this stuff so where you brought me from lord thank you so much yeah. for all this stuff yeah i just had my review my three month review i've only been there three well four months yeah but the review is a little late that doesn't matter <laughs> yeah and what they told me was your attitude changes the atmosphere of, mm. of the office uh, you bring joy here yeah and we've noticed that other people that have worked here have brought it down and they brought a negative attitude We've brought, they've said, they said to me, like, a lot of change has happened in this job, and a lot of pressure has been put on your shoulders, your guys' shoulders, but you've taken up every challenge, and you don't complain. Mm. It's not that you don't get mad, but your attitude changes the environment, but they have no idea that... <laughs> You're fighting for, for 30 that. minutes in yeah. the morning, I'm, I'm fighting for joy, yeah. you know? Yeah. Or when I was at the, getting my car, I was getting my car, uh, I had to get my brakes replaced. Yeah. Something super simple. Let me tell you something. I'm not trying to talk about no dealership. Or, you know. 
I went to this place. I told them, listen, my brakes are making noises. This was months ago. They said, all right, $170 inspection. Yeah. We'll check it out for you. They did a $170 inspection. Listen, your brakes are good. There's nothing going on. Go home. Yeah. All right, cool. So my car keeps making noise, making noise, making noise. A couple of months later, I come back. This is like last week. My car squeaks into the shop. <laughs> Everybody's head turns. Yeah. Who's that guy? As soon as I pop out my car, the lady that I talked to last time that, you know, took the $170 comes up. Oh, yeah, you. Yeah, we talked about your brakes last time. Yeah, I've been telling him he needs to get these done since. Uh, you took my $170. Uh, and you told me nothing was wrong. Yeah. You know what? I told her, listen, we talked about this nothing. But listen, man. I, in that moment, had to change my perspective and yeah. change into that. Yeah. Like, literally, like, I'm living for God. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ saved me. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. And in that moment, I was able to have a joy. I fought for joy. Yeah. All right. Let's go get this fixed. How much is it going to cost? $557. Oh, God. All right. I was oh, here a few God. months ago. Y'all want to take off 170 <laughs> off that tab? You know what I mean? No. No, we don't, no. sir. I sat in that place fighting for joy. Yeah. I'm so serious. Yeah. And like the That's only reason real. I was able to find joy was because I had that mentality of, you know what? What he's done. Blessed are are the poor in spirit. Blessed are blessed when people use you, when people lie and take your money. You know what I mean? So um yeah. We gotta do a part two about like how to fight for joy and how yeah. to keep people accountable. <laughs> And what? <laughs> how to keep people accountable too? Oh boy. That's an injustice, bro. <laughs> why, why? Hey, listen. Here's how. I, here's how I view it. Like you said, man. For some people, this life is all they have, so they gotta take your little petty twenty, thirty, forty, fifty dollars. They have to rob you. They have to take the five hundred. Let them have it. Five hundred dollars in light of eternity. Have it. I need my joy. If that money's gonna give you joy, if the commission you get from that gives you joy, brother, take it. Yeah. Because. I'm not living for it. Yeah. So what am I going to stew about that? What am I going to go to court for fighting for $500? God yeah. said he's prepared for me rows of gold, bro. I'm going to be walking on gold. Hey, bare feet. You know, so I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, bare feet. <laughs> Yo, we could, we could talk about this all day, but we, we've been at it for some time. Um, yeah, I think the overarching arching theme is death is imminent, right? Mm. This idea that is coming and how we live matters and how we prepare for that. Um, just close it off here. There's, you know, when you look at the, the passage where the manager gives uh, the three people the, the gifts, the, the talent, or not the talents, the, the, the money, the, the one ten, one five, one yeah. one, and, you know, this idea is how you steward what God has given you is it really is a representation of how you're awaiting him you know if if you believe that God is coming back or that we're going to go to him we don't waste our life you know and so yeah with with that being said you know also like you know die to yourself walk in the freedom that God has granted you I think that Paul wants to share in Christ's resurrection, but he also wants to share in his death as well. Like there was this, yo, God, like I, I don't want just the benefits of this faith. I want to see um, what it, I want to walk with you with the cost. You know, I want, I want to, I want to sacrifice like you sacrifice. I want to give up my rights like you've given up your rights. I want to so on and so forth. And so um, much to be said here, much to be said here. Can right. I, I want to just end with this line. Yeah. It's a poem. I'm not going to read the whole poem. Uh, yeah. 
Leonard Ravenhill. If you don't know Leonard Ravenhill, <laughs> sleeping. You're sleeping. Wake yeah, up. Wake up. Go on to YouTube. Look him up right now. Watch a staggering sermon by Leonard Ravenhill. It'll change your life. Yeah. Seriously. Um, but he always quotes uh, this poem by this dude named C.T. Studd. He was like a missionary a long time ago. And just part of the poem says, Only one life, it'll soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like, that should be... Yeah, you know the foundation. Yeah, so that's definitely, the, uh, definitely. And so, yeah, I hope uh, you enjoy this podcast. Um, like always, if you have any questions, any thoughts, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. If we said something you didn't understand or something that wasn't clear. Please reach out. We love to continue this conversation with you guys. Uh, you, you gotta. I'm gonna just shout out my Instagram too. Yo, shout shout it out. Hey, listen, follow me on Instagram. At Mamo Son of Lime. You might have to spell that out, bro. Yeah, M A M A M O S O N F O F L E M A Y. Mamo Son of Lime. L E M A Y. Yeah. There you go. Holla at your boy. <laughs> Holla at your boy. <laughs> All right, family. Uh, we got some. Dope, 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 dope podcast episodes coming for you guys in the near future. Stay tuned. Uh, Until next time, family, peace and grace.